All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, we will go one-on-one with Oilers assistant coach Paul Coffey. But right now in the 8 o'clock hour to kick things off, it's time now for On the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. You can visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. As we welcome in Mark Spector, it's Carries, it's Steel, it's Spec. Good morning, big fella going on always happy friday to everybody are you excited about the weekend spec you, you know you got today off from the oilers you got tomorrow off from the oilers as the team is on a five-day break i'm sure you'll be down there sunday i would imagine or do you take the homer simpson four-day weekend um uh, yeah i'll probably take the homer simpson weekend yeah <laughs> it's a good answer oh, boy spec i don't see any need not to enjoy this break fully kev Exactly, and you deserve it. If anyone does, it's you. Yeah, well, of course, the hardworking journalist. <laughs> I'm breaking rocks every day, pal. Well, are you going to head out to the Ponderosa then, or what? Oh yeah, I think so. We've got a we've got a pretty uh, exciting time here. I didn't. I'm going to full disclosure. I barely saw any of the game last night. I was hanging around the hospital uh, waiting for our first granddaughter to be born last night. And how did things work out, Speck? Oh, there's Shelka. Arwen Specter. Arwen Specter came in the world about 11.15. Oh, yes. Nine nine pounds, 10 ounces. Woo. Congrats. Congrats, man. Yeah. So So we had a... Right. We're going back to the hospital today to uh, do some visiting and meet our granddaughter. And uh, I don't know. I, I did see some of the game last night, yeah. but let's say yeah. it wasn't a priority. Well, and, and nor should it be. Nope. So what did you say? Arwen? A, how do you spell it? A-R-W-Y-N. Okay, Arwen. Middle well, name yet to be figured out. Mar- how about <laughs> Mark? Marcellus? Mar- Marky? I don't think so. Or it could be a soft C Spets, you know, maybe. Oh, congrats, big guy. It's yeah. gotta be exciting for you and Shalk and everybody and Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, it's a whole new world. Is, is that now. first We're, grandchild uh, spec? First grandchild, oh, yeah. That's special, man. Here and, uh, that's First one, my son Rudy and his wife Caitlin, and uh, here we go, man. Second phase of our lives coming up, and uh, what the hell? Good for you, man. What a blessing. <laughs> that's a blessing. great. And uh, what did you say? Nine pounds, eight ounces. Nine pounds, ten ounces. Oh! Wow, got a nose tackle. Yeah. <laughs> defensive line. Oh no, yeah. girl. Oh, yeah. things might change yeah. by that point. Yeah. There's a lot of young women playing yeah, football. Are. Eddie. It's true. Yeah, a lot of young women yeah, playing yeah. football. Times have changed. <laughs> so now things are going to change for you now, Spec. Like this is a massive change for you. Well, I don't know. Like I was asking my buddies for any advice, and uh, all I ever hear is just say yes. Right? It's not like you're a parent and you ever have to say no. So. Uh, hey, I raised our kids, and my wife, Shaka, and I, we mm-hmm. raised kids. That, now it's my kids' turn to raise their kids. I just get to cruise along and, you know, bring some candy once in a while, right? <laughs> well, well, we all know that you're just so soft to the core, so this will just mush you up even more. Yeah, well, I know the listeners will know that I'm I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Never critical. Yeah. No, no. Right? Yeah. Always Always thinking of human kindness first. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh. Hey, speaking of human kindness, yeah. uh, how about the Oilers going into the break with that win last night? The last, uh, you know, couple games here, you can see more of a complete game every time. And we saw it against Vegas. You know, even though the last few minutes didn't go the way they wanted to, they still found a way to, to pick up a W last night. Again, it was more about perseverance, I thought, and just trying to to push and to stay uh, focused, stay with the game. Don't break away and get into a panic mode. And that's we saw that happen earlier in the year where if things weren't going their way, Spec, they did that. Last night, we didn't see that at all very much uh, anyway. Your thoughts, even though you didn't see a whole heck of a lot of it. Well, I, I'll tell uh, the listeners I did. I did see. I basically got into a spot where I could watch the game with about mm-hmm. nine minutes left, and uh, Darnell Nurse came down the ice and got that scored the goal. I mean, w- what do you see? You see a team that we've watched all year. You're right, Kev. They get down one nothing, two nothing, and, and earlier this season they're panicking, and two nothing turns into four nothing. Uh, obviously, they stuck. You know, I'm looking at the shots. They had they outshot Winnipeg quite handily. Yeah. They stuck with it all game. Didn't make the big mistake. Didn't take a huge risk and waited for the break to come. And you know, sometimes hey, sometimes the break never comes, right? Sometimes yeah. you never get the break. But it looked like last night when Hellebuck's letting that puck in from Nurse. There's your break, right? You stick it out. You play a mature game. You don't choke and make mm-hmm. a big mistake and you wait for the break to come and they get it then they get the power play and that power play went to work i saw you know when dry settle scoring that goal you know the power play is working the way it's supposed to work mm-hmm. and you come out with a 3-1 win that's a that's a huge win coming into this break for them yeah they they really needed that i mean going into the break going really hot on four straight and uh one of the things and we talked about it earlier with zach lang that has been noticeable to me with this after this coaching change is not only the defense they hopping up and getting involved in the rush and the attack, but the forwards because to allow to the defenders to do that, you got to have forwards who cover and have your back. And I've noticed overall this club has been really tied together in terms of their focus and how they're playing defense because you're seeing CC Ekholm all these guys jumping up. But then the forwards are bouncing back to cover their back. You seeing that too, Spec? Yeah, yeah. I think the defensive core and the goaltending, to an extent, to an extent, gets a got a bad rap on this team because the forwards weren't doing their job defensively. Like generally, when it's a bad three, when it's a bunch of three on twos and two on ones coming your way. We all look at the defenseman who pinched, and and sometimes Mm -hmm. that's the cause of the odd man rush. But oftentimes, the guy pinched and nobody had his back, right? The guy, the defenseman went in deep and nobody covered for him. Nobody was ready for the puck to come the other way. Oftentimes, their woes defensively have had more to do with their forwards than their defensemen. So if you're seeing their forwards play a better brand of defense – we're all seeing way less odd man rushes coming our way, mm-hmm. Edmonton's way. You're not seeing Stu Skinner having to fight off six two-on-ones in a <laughs> hockey game. And guess what? He's playing better, the defense is playing better, and there's less goals going in. It's a, In a way, it's a fairly simple formula, isn't it? It's, it's commitment. It's awareness. Those are the two key points for me. And when you – I think Eddie's – the word he's looking for is support. 
Mm. When a defenseman's making yeah. a decision, and I think I've noticed it to your point, Eddie, a lot with Leon Dreisaitl. I've seen him several times in the last few games make sure that he does not get too low in the offensive zone. If there's a play along the boards just inside the blue line, just ease back a little bit and make sure that you have the ability to support your teammate, whatever that defenseman be on the wall, and just make sure that you're back enough to cover and close things off. And Leon's done it more times than, than you know, a lot of players have in the last little bit. Uh, Mark Spector, Eddie Steele, Kevin Carey, Sports 1440. Spec, what did you think when the goal went in in the empty net there? Because I'm just assuming you saw that part because you just said you caught the last nine minutes. Yep. But for Ryan McLeod, for Ryan McLeod to, to get the monkey off the, his back, even just, just for an empty netter, you could see a big sigh of relief. Oh yeah, and that's you know what that's smart coaching right there. I mean, I'm not saying you got to be a genius to figure out. I got a guy that needs a goal, and there's an empty net at the other end. I should put him out, but give Knobloch credit, right? He he put McLeod in that position to be out there when the puck. You know, he put him out. I think with Hyman, I don't know who's on the other side, but you know, you know the guys with him were gonna feed him the puck if he didn't get it himself. And uh, yeah, he gets a gets his goal that he's been waiting for. Uh, it can't be anything but a good thing for the player, for the team. And that's just, you know what, the, I guess when you when you play the right way mm-hmm. and you play a good game and you you get to that finish line, you get a couple good things happen for you. You get the Hellebuck blowing one. Uh, you get your power play flexing its muscle a little bit and the cherry on top, right? You get a kid like McLeod gets his first goal. That's just a pretty good night in Winnipeg for the Blue and Orange team for sure. What did you uh, you make of this break now, Speck? Five days off, no practice today, no practice tomorrow. I thought they might even have no practice on Sunday, but they are practicing Sunday. And then Carolina here, I mean, everyone's going to, you know, the, the narrative, right? Everyone's going to be saying, well, wouldn't you rather be playing Saturday night or Sunday because everything's going so well? But it's tough. These breaks don't come along very often either, do they? No. No, no, for sure. Breaks are good. Hey, listen, I'm sort of from the other school. When you're winning games like this four in a row, um, I don't know. Do you want to? Sure, you want to keep playing whatever. The schedule's a schedule. Uh, This break will be good, especially before Christmas. You know, remember, these guys are people. They got to go get Christmas presents for their wives, (laughs) right? You got to go buy Christmas presents for the kids. Like they're normal guys when yeah. they leave the rink. Yeah. So that's, I, I guarantee you, that's what these guys are doing on Friday and Saturday is they're out taking care of the Christmas shopping for yeah. sure. Uh, and they'll come back rested. And the coach, you know what? This coach wants a little bit of time to to get some work done. I think he's done a hell of a job with his team in terms of cleaning up what had ailed them. We're just talking about all the things they're doing better now than before Chris Knobloch showed up. And uh, let's just hope he doesn't overcook the soup in the next <laughs> Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You know, yeah. like coach him, but don't coach the four-game winning streak out of him. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah. And without a question, having been a player in the locker room, uh, I will take the rest, and I can say almost 100% of players will take the rest anytime they can get it. Um, people think that, mm-hmm. yeah, the momentum of a win streak and whatnot. Players, they're not sitting about thinking of losing momentum from the win streak. Your confidence is at an all-time high right now. You're taking the rest 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I did want to uh, ask quickly, too, uh, someone that's kind of been jumping out to me a little bit, hasn't been producing, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on Yanmark's play because he I'm noticing him out there. 
You want me, you want me to go spec? I can just just mention the fact ahead, that yeah. you know I think the domino effect from Vegas on the Vegas night, Eddie, when Zach Hyman wasn't available. All day, basically, if you're Matthias Janmark at the morning skate, you think you're on a fourth line roll. You know, you 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 take the morning skate and you're going, well, okay, I'm on the fourth line. I know I'm going to play ten or eleven minutes. Now you go to the rink and you're all of a sudden you're playing with Connor McDavid. You that is a massive lift to a player. A player goes, man. All I got to do is just up and down the wing, do smart things. These guys are going to make the plays for me. He ends up scoring a goal, and it was you. You get that lift uh, from being elevated into the lineup, and I and you could see that in in Vegas. And I think he had another strong game against Winnipeg. Spec. Yeah, he's just like I get how fans, you know, some fans, some fans, yep. right? Look at a guy that came and go, ah, you know, what are you signing that guy for? He's not offensive and he's, you know, he's he's not flashy, blah, blah, blah. He helps you win, right? Mm-hmm. This is a guy that helps you win. He plays, if you need him on your fourth line, he goes down there and he can grind it out. This team needs guys that can grind out some some good shifts, whether or not goals are scored. And when he's got enough talent, when you need him in a pinch, Come up, he can skate and trade pucks with Connor McDavid. I'm not saying he's a first line player because he's not, but he can go up there and do the job of the night. Like, look at good hockey teams have guys like Matthias Janmark on exactly, yeah. and teams that fizzle out in the end that can't win two one games. They don't have enough guys like Matthias Janmark on them. I'm here to tell you, there's a reason he's gets picked up every year by good teams because they all look at him like that and say, we're trying to win, and this guy's the kind of guy you win with. He he broke up a very dangerous seam pass on the PK against Vegas, and then last night had a shorthanded yeah, breakaway, yeah. almost scored shorthanded. Hellebuck made a nice uh, blocker pad save on the right side there on, to his right. But, I mean, Janmark was close to tying the game up with that shorty in the second period last night. And he accidentally on purpose ran Buddy over. I love that. <laughs> uh that was uh, Morrissey. Morrissey. Yeah, that was Morrissey. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Taking a lick on their best defenseman is always a good plan, I say. Okay, Spec. So now you're back to the hospital to see young uh, Arwin. <clears throat> yeah, we'll go back this after uh, around noon or so. Good We're going to give you. everyone a chance. The doctors will come in and do what they do, and we'll go back this afternoon and then uh, probably celebrate out at the old Ponderosa tonight, Kev. Uh, we're all so happy for you, really happy for you. So congrats, <laughs> big guy. Speck, I can't I wait to see twice. the love come out in your writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what? have to wait a while. And you know what? It's, it's, it's going to be different. It'll be like all the emoji text. There'll be a heart at the end of every, instead of a period. And, you know, yeah. the Oilers have to be better oh, yeah. than a big heart. You know? <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, all right. Have, have all a great right, weekend, right. buddy. Have a great See weekend. You guys on Monday. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that's Mark Spector. Uh, energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at uh, Booster Juice. Uh, Klaus from Bel- uh, Beaumont goes, wow, spec beefcake. I thought my first was big at 8 pounds, 13 ounces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that was lots of fun. And congrats. You know, that's got to be a warm, fuzzy feeling. I mean... 
You know, yeah. it's going to happen to you to be in a granddad someday, I assume. Yeah, yeah, someday. I mean, my boy is six, my daughter is four, so that day yeah. is a long way ways. down. The, yeah, 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 yeah. But I hear being a grandparent is is the best thing ever because, and this is the one constant they always say, you get the, the joys of parenting, like you get them wound up, you get to see the kids be happy, get to do all the fun things, and then you get to dump them off on the parents and mm-hmm. say, see you later, yeah. and get a peaceful sleep. That's right. Uh, when we come back, we will uh, check in with uh, Brendan Batchelor, Canucks play-by-play man, as the Canucks made some waves, I guess, uh, with the trade with Nikita Zadorov. Lose last night to v- uh, Vegas by a score of 4-1. to one. So uh, Brendan Batchelor will uh, check in right after the break. It's Carrius at Steel, Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, come on, man. This is Northside Norm's Request 38 Special. Uh, I don't know. We might have to talk about some of the music selections today but hey thanks to Northside Norm Norm's gonna donate a couple tickets to tonight's teddy bear toss for the Oil Kings we'll let you know uh, how to get those tickets uh, in a couple of minutes Uh, first time now for uh, our headliner of the day I'm just trying to find our paperwork here our headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Reuter Uh, they are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back for all your plumbing needs go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in Brendan Batchelor Vancouver Canucks play-by-play man Uh, Brendan good morning you're with Kevin Carries, Eddie Steele welcome to Sports 1440 thanks for having me guys how are you this morning we're doing great thanks for coming on Uh, just your thoughts on last night's uh, game a 4-1 loss to Vegas Uh, tell us about it what did you make of uh, last night's tilt it was one of those games where, you know, the Canucks didn't start very well. And when that happens against a team like the Golden Knights, um, who by their own head coach's admission, Bruce Casty said after the game that he thought it was the best they had played in weeks, uh, then you're going to be underwater pretty quick. And that's what happened with Vegas scoring a couple of first period goals. And, you know, they're a, a team with championship pedigree that really didn't give the Canucks much time or space with the puck. And that seemed to be an, an issue for Vancouver. Uh, they had some, some costly mistakes. And when you make those sorts of mistakes against a team like the Golden Knights, they often end up in the back of your net. And that was the case last night. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they can respond going into Calgary tomorrow night for another big divisional game. Uh, Brendan Batchelor with us on Sports 1440. Aren't they all big division games? And Calgary's yeah. starting to come on a little bit too. So what do you make of uh, tomorrow's tilt just uh, as a bit of a preview here? Yeah, I mean, the most compelling part of it, of course, yes. is that it's uh, Nikita Zadorov's first game as a Canuck in all likelihood against his former team after the trade that the, the Canucks made yesterday. But it's a really crucial game. Um, you know, and you're right, all divisional games are. But because the Flames have kind of started to to reemerge here a little bit, from a Canuck perspective, you had such a great start to the year. You've kind of come down to earth the last 10, 11, or 12 games. Um, so if you want to keep that gap between yourself and teams like the Flames, then these four-point games are crucial to make sure you're not letting them back into the fight. And mm-hmm. I would imagine that's how this Canucks group will look at the matchup tomorrow night, and uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they can get back to some of the staples of the game, as Rick Tockett would, would reference, um, you know, the, the things that make them successful in their team game, because over the last few weeks, they, they've kind of gotten away from some of those things. You know, they lost to San Jose not too long ago, you know, coming off a loss to Vegas. 
Um, they they need to start getting back in the win column here, especially against a team like Calgary, who is trying to salvage a tough start and is looking to get back into the playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan, you uh, I want to get you to elaborate that on that a little bit because you mentioned they're coming back down to earth. Uh, they're five and five in their last ten after the scorching start that they had. Is it simply just a case of guys are kind of cooling off, or what is some more the exact reasoning that you're seeing? why this team is cooling off a little bit it's been a lack of consistency in the way that they play and that wasn't something that we saw through the first dozen games of the year let's say where um you know they came out they were aggressive on the four check every night they were hounding teams and hounding the puck and they still try to do that but they just haven't been as effective in the last 10 plus games here and I think part of that is that their schedule was really congested in November they had you know multiple three game in four night or four game in six night sets Uh, and you know being on the road for a lot of that too they didn't get a lot of practice time which is something that Rick Tockett always talks about that you know he thinks when they can have some practice time they can sort of focus their game back in and and get back to the things they need to do to be successful but you know from a consistency standpoint it hasn't been there on a night-to-night basis and and that's why they're 500 in that stretch is they've had some nights where they they look like the team that got off to that great start and other nights where they get away from some of those things that have made them successful and um you know i think a, a key part of their early season success is that they weren't chasing a lot of games Whereas, you know, lately we've seen them behind going into the third period or tied going into the third period more often. And they are are certainly a much more comfortable team when they're protecting a lead as opposed to when they need offense chasing the game. So I think that's been a factor as well. Brendan Batchelor, Canucks play-by-play man, is our guest on Sports 1440. So, Brendan, what's it been like calling Quinn Hughes and uh, just kind of (laughs) describing how silky smooth this uh, young blue liner has been uh, this year? Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. He does something every single night uh, that that sort of makes you go wow in your head while you're calling the game. Um, He's really elevated his game to another level. And, of course, he was named the captain coming into this season as well. So um, added responsibility on his shoulders, but he hasn't missed a beat. He, uh, you know, as I said, I think maybe the the most important uh, improvement to his game is how aggressive he's trying to be offensively. Um, you know, he, he's already, you know, scoring more goals than we've seen from him in an entire season in the past. And, um, you know, we're, we're only just over a quarter of the way into the year. So he's being more aggressive with his shot. Uh, he's using his feet to get himself into scoring areas with more regularity. And as a result, he's produced a ton of points and, and scored at a more consistent rate than um, than we've seen too and you know when you look at his play in the defensive zone I don't think he gets enough credit for for how well he defends and then how elusive he is when guys are trying to get him on the forecheck like he it looks effortless when you know you've got a an NHL winger or an NHL centerman bearing down on you at full speed and he just sort of does a spinorama and you know releases to to an open spot of the ice creates some room for himself so he never looks like he's under pressure and allows the team to exit the zone. He's a zone exit machine, and it's something that has really allowed the Canucks to have some of their early season success. Is last season for extended stretches, we'd see them get hemmed in or be unable to get the puck out, and they take a penalty. And last year, their penalty kill was horrendous, so that more than more than not left 
led to a, a goal against, or they'd just give up a goal against because they'd be under pressure for so long in their own zone. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think Philip Heronic has helped a lot in that regard too, but Hugh's ability to, to escape his own zone and make it look like it's a walk in the park is something that I'm consistently impressed with yeah. on a night-to-night basis. Yeah. Brendan, my brother-in-law, he's a diehard Canucks fan, and uh, he's actually very extremely knowledgeable when it comes to the game as well. And uh, he wanted me to ask you this question in regards to Bo Horvat. Uh, do you see, because you have uh, a good pulse for the organization, for the locker room, do you see now that the drama has passed that there was maybe a bit of a culture clash between him and some of the core members of the locker room? I, I don't want to get into the drama of it, but just a culture clash because it seems like something has shifted not only on the ice but off of the ice since the trade took place. No, I, I wouldn't put that all on, on Horvat's shoulders, and I don't think that's the case. I think he got along really well with guys in the dressing room, and he desperately wanted to win as a Vancouver Canuck. I can tell you that for a fact. Like He, he is more disappointed than anyone that he didn't have success during his time here, and I got that impression from him when chatting with him when the Islanders were through town. Um, you know, I, I think the the shift in culture has more to do with organizational alignment that, you know, doesn't have anything to do with the players. So, you know, the management group, Jim Rutherford came in, got to hire his GM, Patrick Alvin. After the debacle with Bruce Boudreaux being let go last year, they hired their own head coach in Rick Tockett, and they're all aligned in the way they want to play, what they want to achieve, and how they want to achieve it. And that alignment is part of the reason why Bo Horvat isn't a Canuck anymore. Is mm-hmm. you know, it, it was clear that um, with some of the salary cap structure, the contracts that that they had to figure out, and you know, you look at a, a season like this where they're going to have to extend Pedersen and Horonic. They're both restricted free agents at the end of the year organizationally the decision was made that Horvat was going to be the guy that that had to to, had to go to uh to move forward and create some of that cap space and obviously have allowed them to acquire Heronic because they used the first round pick that they got in the Horvat trade to bring in another defenseman so you know when, when I look at why the Canucks have turned the page and why they've had a lot of success this year I'm not going to sit here and say that you know it's because there was a, a culture clash with mm-hmm. Horvat in the dressing room I think it's more that the head coach that management chose has had his time to get his system in place. He's had his time to set expectations for this group. Uh, You know, dating back to when he came in in January, he was already setting a tone of what things were going to need to be like going into this year. So that was a big factor too. And then, you know, simply put, by trading Horvat, they were able to acquire Hironic, and that's another top-pairing defenseman that they just didn't have before now. And it's made a world of difference in terms of how they're able to play, how they're able to defend, and how they're able to transition the pot. Brendan Batchelor, Canucks play-by-play man, and our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter on Sports 1440. Uh, Brent, what about your personal journey? I mean, coming up through the ranks and now doing what you're doing, you must just pinch yourself every day going, oh, I'm the luckiest guy uh, in the world uh, doing the play-by-play for the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's something that I wanted to do since I was a little kid and, um, you know, broke in with the Surrey Eagles and the BCHL <laughs> and called their games and we had Devon Taves on uh, on the team when I was there and you know it's pretty cool to see how how far he's come as well now as a Stanley Cup champion and you know one of the top defensemen in the NHL and 
uh, moved on to the Vancouver Giants in the Western Hockey League and called games for yeah. them for four years. And then, yeah, you're right, I pinched myself, got the opportunity to call Canuck games. So it's uh, it's a dream come true. And uh, I can tell you it's a lot more enjoyable, too, when the team's winning, which hasn't <laughs> been the case for the majority of my time in the role. So yeah. uh, exciting times right now for everyone in Vancouver. You know, I was 33 years in TV, come over to radio three months ago, and I thought – because of the Oilers are going to have such a good team and a great start, I thought this is going to be a nice, <laughs> easy breeze. game here. But I'll tell you what, Brandon, it's been a little tough here the first couple of months, but thankfully the Oilers are, are turning things around. Is there a certain jo- uh, part of the job that you you like more than, than others, or can you kind of translate that to our listeners? I think it's just cool to be to be around an NHL team and, and be in the rink and, and be there on a consistent basis every night. You know, that's that's sort of the, the the great part of the job for me is that you know you're you're there and, and you're part of it right and it's uh, so that's that's pretty cool but basically as a kid I wanted to be an NHL player and it became evident very early <laughs> that I wasn't going to be good enough at hockey to do that so even to feel like you're a small part of what's going on in the NHL is is a very cool thing for sure well appreciate your time today uh, have a good call tomorrow that should be a good one Calgary and Vancouver a lot of eyeballs will be on that one thanks for doing this Brandon Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. That's Brennan Batchelor, Canucks play-by-play man and our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. Northside Norm again came in with that 38 special request. Second chance. It's just like a, it's Friday love-in session here, you know, (laughs) between B.A. and the Duke and... What's on tap next for my song? I don't know. I hope it's got a little more tempo. Oh, uh, I, I think you'll like it. Really? Oh, did you put your... Is this... I put a request okay. in. All right. Uh, so to our listeners, Northside Norm is generous enough to donate a pair of tickets for tonight's Teddy Bear Toss game down at Rogers, and it is a great experience. So if you want to go to tonight's Teddy Bear Toss game, shoot us off a text, one 401 how about just hashtag Teddy is all you need in your text. Uh, but just say kind of you, you want to take your kid to the game. It's a great game to take your child. Uh, it's section 113 rows, row three, seats five and six. They're aisle seats. Uh, and then we will hook everybody up. So just text us one 401 and we'll get you to the game tonight at Rogers, courtesy of Northside Norm. Thanks a lot for uh, doing that, Norm. When we come back, are you in or are you out? With Eddie Steele. That's coming up right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. What's happened to us? What is happening here? December 1st, baby. So you requested this, Eddie? I requested it. And that's, is that Nat King Cole? It is the king. It's December 1st, Friday. It's I, we No can one get likes Christmas musical. more than me. I know. Exactly. Exactly. I thought you'd be pumped. I'm okay with it, but I just want a little more pep this morning. A little more oomph. But it is December first, so it's justified. Okay, I'll give it to you. But here I thought was is it have the Rolling Stones ever played a Christmas song, Eddie? No. To your knowledge? No, not to my knowledge. No. That's nope. too bad. They, I mean, you know, everyone has. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's something out there somewhere, you know, you could find on YouTube, but mm-hmm. no, I, I thought we would uh bring in my little Friday here with uh, some Nat. <laughs> uh, thanks to all our uh, texters. We've got uh, dozens and dozens of texts coming in to 1 401 Shoot us off a text if you want to go to tonight's Edmonton Oil Kings game against Everett, the Teddy Bear Toss game. Northside Norm is donating a couple of tickets uh, to the game. Just uh, hashtag Teddy 
on your text, and uh, we'll figure things out here in the, in the next little bit. Uh, time now for Are You In or Are You Out? And once again, the Duke of Delburn is taking care of business. How does he manage things like this with 38 Special, Nat King Cole? I'm like really putting me through my paces this morning oh, doing uh, some deep dives and keeping the keeping the vibes kind of groovy okay, you know, a little yeah. bit uh, far. Well, yeah, from, we're groovy all right. Yeah, we're 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 grooving. We are grooving and I feel uh, like I'm just next door <laughs> a studio or two over, right? Yeah, the, the, it's coming through the vents, <laughs> the, the smoke. <laughs> oh. But I was uh, I was grooving in a different way last night at CBH when I was drumming yeah. up today's edition of In or Out, uh, starting with the Edmonton Oilers, winners of four straight, heading into an extended period of time off. And I know you guys talked about it with Spec, yeah. and we talked about it a bit yesterday. But I'm saying that this break in the Oilers' schedule is coming at the worst possible time, given their current momentum. I think I'm going to say I'm out on this. I'm I'm fine with the break. No. Every team needs these at certain times of the schedule. Yes, you're on a four-game mini heater right now, but every player will tell you right now, and I'm sure Eddie's going to echo the statements, that they will take a rest over playing back-to-backs anytime, and there will be a time in the schedule where the Oilers are going to go, man, I wish we had that five-day break right now because things are, you know, you're playing three and four nights, and there will be a time. You just have a look at the Oilers' schedule coming up here after Christmas and a little bit before, too, where there are a lot of games on the schedule. So even though you're playing well, you can still carry that momentum. So uh, I'm out on it. I'm saying that it's uh, not coming at the worst possible time. I am going to ditto that. I am out as a player. You take the rest whenever you can get it, uh, especially over the course of an 82-game season. This is like a mini bye week that is built into their schedule. So take it. I'm out. You know what's funny, Duke? Now the uh, our listeners are getting in as well. Jordan goes, "I am out." <laughs> it would be a yeah, thousand. Times. Let us know. Listeners. It'd be a thousand times worse if they ended on a losing streak. Is what he's saying. So it would be very true. Number two, we just had a chat with Brendan Batchelor about the Canucks, uh, of course, making a trade for Nikita Zadorov yesterday from the division rival Flames uh, with this addition to beef up their defense and add an element they maybe didn't quite have before. I'm saying the Canucks have now moved into the category of legitimate Stanley Cup contender. I am going to go out. They improved, but when I think of the legitimate contenders right now, there is a handful, five maybe teams, and Vancouver is not one of the five, in my opinion, so I am out. I agree, Eddie. I am out with gout as well. Vancouver Canucks, still a very poor sports market in our country. Don't like uh, exactly what... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> beat them up, Kev, beat them <laughs> just up. pound them. But I, I still don't think Vancouver's in that upper echelon as... Uh, as you said, Eddie, I think the Vancouver Canucks main goal this year and moving forward is to finish top three in the Pacific. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they will fall out of the top three in the Pacific anyway. So that does not make them a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Duke. Big, big weekend in college football. And uh, no, we did not have Declan Kruger on first thing this morning to tee it up for us. But <laughs> with uh, with championship weekend in our sights uh, and the college football playoff at the top of everybody's mind, after this weekend, the top four ranked teams in NCAA Div 1 will be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Texas. I am going to go in. 
I am in on this. I think that especially I'm keeping a pulse on that Oregon-Washington game. Uh, I like Washington, but Oregon, uh, uh, the quarterback, Penix, he he's just hasn't uh, – he's kind of – they're winning, but his play hasn't been strong the past couple of weeks. So I think that Oregon is going to give Washington fits, and I think that is going to be the final four right there. Mm. You know, did you guys know that there have not been four undefeated Power Five conference champions since 1992? I did not know that. What a fun fact. Declan Kruger told me no. <laughs> I just texted uh, texted Declan Kruger and he got no response because he's still sleeping. But I am going to say I'm going to say I'm out on that as well. I'm going to just say that the top four teams are going to be status quo. I'm going to say it'll be Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Florida. So my, I guess I am out. But so you, my thing yeah. being that even if FSU okay. beats Louisville they do not have their quarterback okay. that led them to this undefeated season. And it's it's it comes down to a discussion of do the games matter or is it who you think is actually the best team in the country, right? The four That's best teams in the point. country right yeah, now. Great because point. without their number one quarterback, yeah. they are not one of the best four teams in the country. And I'm running this assumption saying that Georgia will beat Alabama, which then gives Texas the leg in, assuming they win their pack uh, or uh, Big 12 championship. And like Eddie, I think uh, Oregon will defeat Washington. It's crazy. Washington mm-hmm. already beat Oregon this year. Yeah, Oregon enters this game as 10-point favorites. favorites. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, Penix's play. He, he yeah. He's mm-hmm. really slid backwards. And Bo Nix, Heisman, uh, Heisman possibility for the uh, the transfer from Auburn, uh, although he'll be in tough to beat out Jaden Daniels at this point. So, Did uh, Declan Freddy Krueger, did he have any input on this, or was he awake? I think or? I'm going to get his opinion uh, once he rolls yeah. in. Is he going to roll in today or not? It's well, Friday. he has to get here. He's got the tide, uh, the lowdown. I know, he got a shift. But was it last Friday was uh, the MIA, no right? us. But yeah. that, that was pretty early. I'll cut 720? 720. Ah, don't commit, for, man. For a guy that uh, normally Duke, doesn't Duke, uh, Duke, roll Duke, in. Duke, 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 yeah. Duke. You can't yeah. give him any benefit of the doubt saying that well, was we're early. Still, we're still you working on his fine. You were here at time, brother. Yeah. We're still commit. working on his fine. We haven't figured it out yet. It's, there's an old saying. What time is your 720 hit at? Seven. No, 720. So oh. it's, it's like, what, what time yeah. is a nine o'clock bus leave? Nine. Nine o'clock. Yeah. He's <laughs> Uh, All righty, last sports one before we turn our attention elsewhere. Uh, The NFL should be more liberal with flexing games out of primetime slots. In, totally in. Uh, They have the capability to do this. It's not, it doesn't throw too much of a wrench in team scheduling and preparation and appease us. It's all about us, the fans. So appease us with some entertaining football games and not some duds. I am out on this because if I assume that what you're saying is the Monday night flex game, is that what you're talking about, Duke? Honestly, and my and like days, like changing them days, like obviously you can't flex Thursday nighters right. though, because that, that's already predetermined. Yeah. Everybody has to take their turn, yada, yada. Monday night, I can see it. If you, you already were in the schedule for having an extra day's rest, that's totally fine. But like this Sunday night's game is Chiefs-Packers. I thought on that's... On pa- paper, okay. yes. good game. But like... With the Eagles and Niners on the schedule right now, it should be a no doubter okay. that you're like I get it's Patrick Mahomes, but 
Eagles and Niners is the way better game at this point in the season. Okay, so I I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm in on that, Eddie. But I'm I thought you were kind of directing the one coming up in a few weeks with uh, Kansas City and New England. Mm-hmm. So that's I I I'm out on that because now you're switching days where you were supposed to play Sunday, whatever time could be afternoon game. But now you're switching to Monday. Yeah, too much. That's too much in my mind. Only because if I'm a fan, I've committed to that day. Yeah, and now I'm I have to change everything. Yeah, that, to go to that game. That's understandable for yeah. sure, changing days. But if yeah. it's, uh, yeah, like Duke mentioned, the Sunday night or something like that, mm-hmm. absolutely. We and want the best the best ball played. Yes. And I, and I think, like, we, we shouldn't be steering away from flexing out Monday nighters because there are, like, the, the season right now compared to what they thought when they made the schedule is obviously vastly different. And I get where you guys are coming from. I, I It shouldn't be as often. But this week, they're not flexing out the Sunday nighter because – it's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Okay. They're they're the number one seed. I get it. Packers at Lambeau, fine. But it's the Eagles. Like this is for the one seed, basically, mm-hmm. or very potentially. They the also screwed themselves, the NFL, by by putting four games, I believe, of the Jets in prime time, and then yeah. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt four plays in. I think it was six prime time six games, total, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's not a not a pretty scene, but looking forward to a great weekend of football. All the same between the college and NFL slates. Uh, last one for you guys, as always, on the final question, moving away from the world of sports. <laughs> this day in 1990, the first hole drilled into uh, the final wall, connecting each end of the Channel Tunnel underneath the English Channel, connecting England mainland and European mainland. The Channel, as it was called, I'm saying is the most impressive man-made structural feat of the 20th century. You, you can go first, Eddie. I'm sure you've done a lot of research on this one. I am going to go out, and I'm going to go out and say the most impressive man-made structure in the 20th century, and I'm going to say it's this because it's impressively bad, it's impressively terribly planned, it's impressively failed, and that is the LRT in Edmonton. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be the 21st century? It, yeah, I guess. Well, that, nonetheless, that's what it is. That is on my list. I think you can, you can add 20 and 21 together. Here. Yeah, that, that's what it is because it has been an impressive failure. <laughs> Man-made structure. So I I was thinking 20th century, too. So that has that, – what year was that? So that's 1901. The 1900s. Wow, was it? When was the Panama Canal done? Was that during that time? Must Does have the, been during that time. Uh, according to Duke, was it? Yeah, um, yeah. But th- there's a, there's a ton of options. Obviously, I mean everything from th- the Empire just, State Building, the Golden let's, Gate let's Bridge. Let's just open up the time frame. Yeah, let's let's open up the time. Of, frame. Of, well, I didn't want to say all time because then you have these uh, feats of the ancient world, like the pyramids and things like that. How about the last two centuries? Sure. So then the, uh, Eddie's LRT Including will the work. 21st century. Okay. What about the other? Yeah, then you have lots well, more in the mix then, too. Okay. And I just thought of this now because of uh, Nat King Cole coming on at December 1st. I'll say, I'm going to say I'm out on that because the most impressive structure is in Laurier Heights, a 27-foot high Christmas tree built out of conduit that folds <laughs> up into three sections the size of a bigger lawn chair for storage. Patent pending. It can be probably it'll be in many of the Lowe's, Home Depot stores. Retailers near you. Retailers near you can be seen 
in Laurier Heights. The infamous <laughs> Kevin Carius structure. Oh, my God. Nice little 27-foot-high Christmas tree that in three segments. It's the it's the it's probably the most impressive man-made structure of the 20th and 21st century. You can't miss it. You can't. Wow. Looping back to the original <laughs> basis of this question, like, is the is the, the channel tunnel not... In, it's an entire tunnel underground, underwater, from the UK to France. I'll tell that you, is insane. Uh, Duke, I'll tell you what, man. Some of these cartel tunnels are pretty darn impressive too, buddy. Are you do you watch a lot of those programs at night like the you know how it's made and how I they love stuff how, like that. Yeah, how Me they too. do that? Me yeah, too. I yeah. love stuff like that. I, I love too. like like historical documentaries or historical The architecture is like George Costanza here. Moose Jaw, Al Capone, yes, Al Capone and Moose Jaw the tunnels. All right. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's what I got for you guys here on this Friday. I thought we could have oh, some pretty uh, good. some yeah, fun good, some fun uh, heightened intellect conversations about structures uh, that have impressed people across the world, but instead we're talking about the LRT and Kevin's giant Christmas tree. The Dallas right? balls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the There's Dallas another one. Holy moly. That's public art. That's yeah. yeah. That's, okay. But uh, the LRT thing, I asked Duke to put on the fact that the city's doing 60 million now for diesel buses. Sorry, sixteen million. They did sixty million for electric E-buses, buses yeah. for the electric, and none of them are working. Yeah, <laughs> and and if Eddie Steele were driving one of them, he couldn't get into the seat. Uh, some of the the stories I hear about the e cars, and not to bash on them, but I mean, I hear I'm on the highway all the time, and guys tell me who actually have these e vehicles that in the heart of winter when it's minus forty, good luck getting your heat on because uh, yeah. those puppies don't fire up too well. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, uh, we I don't, we have another hour. We'd have to get into these electrical buses and things like that. This is a sports oh. show. This is a sports show. Here's a, a note from uh, Earl of Erskine. Run, Run, Rudolph by Keith Richards. Have you ever heard it? Yeah, yeah. By Keith Richards? Uh, I believe I have. Yeah. Duke, have you? Uh, I've heard tons of iterations. Brian Adams does a great version. Oh, yeah, of song. but I mean, we I asked if any of the Stones had done any Christmas carols. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah by Keith, I, I think I, I have. I don't know if I've heard this one. I, I think I have. You know, we got, everyone's heard the Little Richard. Is he thinking... Little, <laughs> little, he's not little, Ke- little Keith, little Keith little Richards. Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Darren says, it's insane to me that the Empire State Building, over 100 stories, was built in one year and 45 days. Without the modern construction equipment of today, Darren and YYC, the LRT <laughs> on 87th tier will not be done, as I said, by the end of this decade. We, you will not be riding it. It's the most impressive, like I said, for it's many the reasons. Most wonderful time of the year, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks to all uh, our guests that came on with you, Eddie. That was a lot of fun again. And you had the Bonton. You had. You send me away with gifts. I probably should go and pop in there and say hi to everybody. Yeah. Say hi to the gang at Bonton. Wow. I, I like to do that on Fridays. And I picked up a loaf the other day. Yeah, there's the flower shop right next door. and uh, So it's, a, it's all one-stop yeah, shopping exactly. for you in the mall there. You know it. You know it. Flowers, pasta, or uh, like bakery, you know, you've got the pastries. The, the cliche is real. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta figure out where we're going, Duke. Might be breaking. It's a new. It's a new. It's a new liner because it's Friday, and uh, 
when we come back, top of the hour, it'll be Paul Coffey. Eddie, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah. Have a wonderful weekend. What's on tap for you? Are you uh, going to come by and see the 27-foot-long uh, Christmas I mean, tree? I mean, I got to. It's yeah. so impressive. I probably can see it from across the... Uh, across you can see it from the other side of the White the river. Mud. Yes, yeah. you can, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on and have a great weekend. Yeah, Appreciate boys, it. you guys too. Yeah, uh, just before we get to Paul Coffey at the top of the hour, time now for a sports 1440 update brought to you by... Snow Valley Ski Club. It's now open for the season. Be sure to support your local ski and snowboard shop and get ready to ride the valley. Visit snowvalley.ca today. Here is the Duke.